0: This episode of the How a Car Washing is sponsored by High Performance Wash Systems. High Performance Wash Systems is the largest car wash distributor and supplier in the Rocky Mountain region, specializing in providing car wash equipment and supplies. From start to finish, they assist owners with building and maintaining their car washes. Visit hpws.com for more information. welcome to the how of car washing the podcast that helps the car wash owner operator and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment and now here are your hosts david begin and henry lopez welcome to this episode of the podcast this is henry lopez and david begin this episode is a topic episode we're going to dive into this concept of fixing versus solving a problem that could be related to equipment, could be related to people. But what does that mean? David's got some, some good insights on this topic, and so we're going to chat about that. It can be applied to any business, any environment, really. And it's something that we all struggle with. So David, I'd like to start with uh fixing and solving and and providing at least a definition in the context of this conversation as to what we mean by those two words. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this
1: concept here recently because it in our in our world, it seems like we deal with mostly problems. You know, when when if you're in an operationally intensive business, you're dealing with the things that are preventing that business from being a hundred percent operational. And so you're you're fixing problems quite a bit. So you're, you know, you're in the, you're in the mode of trying to fix things. And so uh, listening to a podcast a little earlier uh, last month about fixing versus solving problems made me think about as I manage my business, what am I really solving and what am I fixing? And I think as owners and as top level managers, you got to get people thinking more along the lines of solving problems rather than just fixing problems. Uh, fixing problems is easy to do, right? So if you were to define that, I think if you fix a problem, it means you solve the problem, but there's a chance that problem could come back again, uh, relatively quick. And you could, you could have multiple reiterations of fixing, where if you decided to solve a problem, you know, you took the steps necessary to try to prevent that problem from happening again.
0: And so I, I look at it as you explain, fixing is dealing with the symptom, kind of when I take an over-the-counter drug for a cold, right? I'm, I'm, I'm addressing the symptoms versus solving is about really addressing and digging in and, and looking at the source of those problems. Is that fair? Yeah,
1: I think that's very fair. It's a great example where you might be, you know, you're taking a cold medicine, but maybe you get a cold every, you know, you get a cold in the winter, Uh, every, every year, and it lasts a uh, a month or so. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing to yourself to put yourself in a situation? So you're masking the symptoms so you can feel better, but are you actually trying to address the problem of why do I get colds in the wintertime and what can I do differently in my life or lifestyle to try to prevent colds from happening?
0: It seems to me that the reasons I'm sure there are a lot of reasons, but some of the reasons that come to mind for me as to why we tend to fix things as opposed to really solving things is a couple of things, money and time. Uh, It's a lot faster sometimes to just address the symptom, to fix the thing that I visually see as broken and not really dig into why does this thing keep breaking.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think our society is based on quick fixes. I think we're really focused and our marketing, everything we see is based on quick fixes um, you know, I can fix this, I can fix it quickly. And I don't have to worry about it. But I think in the long run, as we well know, with many things, quick fixes don't necessarily always work. It's easy too. it's easy to fix something and I can check it off my list, I can feel better. I don't have to put the time, energy and effort into trying to really say what's the root cause of this problem. And what can we do to to address that root cause so it doesn't happen again. Yeah, but-
0: I think I, I think you can also you fall into it's it's a what's it called a, a spin a, a spiral downward because the more we focus on just fixing things, let's talk about it from a mechanical perspective first, from an equipment perspective, and then we'll talk about people. It's almost like, really, we're not addressing the deeper, uh, maybe more expensive problems. And it just seems like all I'm doing then is fighting the fires of fixing this and fixing that and fixing that instead of taking the time to really address the problem right? to solve what's going on, right?
1: Right, right. And it's hard to solve the problem. And sometimes the problem is insolvable, but you have to put a lot of energy and effort into it with trusting the fact that in the future, that's going to pay off. So yeah you're, you're you're gonna see that future benefit, but you don't get that immediate gratification when you fix something. you know when you solve something, you don't always get immediate gratification where if you're just fixing something. yeah, um, you get that.
0: Can, immediate- can you give me an example, particularly at the car wash where where this happens a lot where you can fix a component, something that you know maybe touches the car. but but really what's leading to that particular part or component mm-hmm. breaking often is either an overall design flaw. Or something else that's going on before or after, you know, that's related to it. And I have to dig into that. What, what, give me an example of that where you've seen that recently. Can you yeah. something that comes to mind?
1: Equipment is a big one. It's a huge issue and a huge topic when it comes to this. You know, when you're fixing a piece of equipment, uh, if you're constantly having to fix the same piece of equipment in the same way, then you got to ask yourself, is there a design flaw? Is there a problem with what we're, we're doing, how we're executing on it? Is there a problem with how we fix it? And really taking a look at that. And I would say the vast majority of our staff, you know, from from a good place wants to fix something. They want to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. They want to get it off the right. list. They want to get the equipment up and running. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, we might be spending a whole lot more money fixing the problem than if we tried to address the problem uh for the beginning motors and pumps is a great example you know where we're trying to fix fix the problem uh so give you an example car wash we we've got a lot of hydraulic hoses that run the equipment in the tunnel and uh if we were fixing hoses that leak um you know we're putting ourselves in a situation where we're we're you know hydraulic fluid could leak on a car causes problems could shut down the wash uh, you get some very irate customers when their car gets a lot of hydraulic fluid on it. But you could you can try to anticipate and, and fix the hose when it happens. The way we've addressed that in solving that problem is we just replace all the hoses once a year. Mm, so we we, we don't we don't want that as a problem. So we just set it up that we buy new hoses and once a year we replace all our hoses, so we don't have to worry about it. And that does solve the yeah. problem if it's done correctly. That, uh, that we don't have hydraulic leaks.
0: But that, that costs a little bit more money, and uh, or maybe it's a, a perception that it does, because in the long run, I probably spend more, but but I need to go buy all those hoses and spend the time to replace them. Is that one of the reasons some people don't do that? Yeah, it's it's one of those maintenance items that some people forget or
1: don't mm-hmm. think about and say, well, we'll just fix them as we need to, because they don't want to spend the money on it. Uh, it does take some time, and we'll, we'll take uh, an amount of time to make sure the hoses get replaced.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, similarly, you know we've had a challenge with one of our our freezers, display freezers at our yogurt shop and and really sometimes we're addressing just a the symptom there as opposed to the problem, which we haven't been able to quite fix, which is heat buildup where we put it, uh, it's enclosure, uh, it's against a window that gets the afternoon sun. so all of those things add up to it overheating, right? That's really how we would solve that problem, but we keep just fixing, the thing when it breaks down or it builds up dust or whatever and so we it breaks and we got to fix it instead of solving the problem which is that we should be cleaning it more often it should have been put somewhere else it needed more ventilation those kind of things so you can apply this in in all environments right right right. Um, as to how we tend to fix as opposed to solve the issue and it's hard to ask somebody who works for you to say solve the problem
1: because they they think they're solving it by fixing it
0: This episode of the How a Car Washing is sponsored by High Performance Wash Systems. High Performance Wash Systems is the largest car wash distributor and supplier in the Rocky Mountain region, specializing in providing car wash equipment and supplies. Serving the industry for over 50 years, they are a full service provider, assisting you with site selection, financial forecasting, obtaining financing, architect and general contractor selection, equipment recommendations and follow-on support. From start to finish, they assist owners with building and maintaining their car washes. Visit hpws.com for more information. So,
1: sometimes mm-hmm. fixing it's okay. Maybe you make that conscious decision that fixing it's going to be fine, and we know somewhere down the line it you know, might break again, and that's fine. It's it might be a quick and easy fix, and we're okay with that, but if it becomes burdensome, if it becomes a quality problem, if it becomes an issue where your car washes or your shops are down, then I think you've got to start thinking about what do we need to do to really solve this problem. One one example I heard from uh, this lady Brooke, who did the podcast, talked about her subcontractors um, not submitting invoices on time, so she could pay them, um, and you know she'd conjole them. She do a bunch of things to try to get them to do it. But she finally set a policy. She goes, if you did work for me, you must submit an invoice within 24 hours or you're not going to get paid. And so that solved the problem. So now she has no issues (laughs) with people getting uh, bills to her in a timely manner. So that that was- Yeah,
0: she set the rules and, and she enforces those. Uh, But talk to me a little bit more about what you just touched on and how you develop your managers or others who are responsible for maintenance, since we're talking about that. How do you instill in them and help them develop that ability to discern between fix and solve and to ask that deeper question? How do you teach them to do that?
1: Well, you, you it's tough to teach them to do that. I think you've got to have conversations with them about what they're fixing and why they're fixing it. And then part of it is you've got a good system that keeps track of how often you're having to fix something because your memory starts fading after a while and your memory is inaccurate. So we've got motors that we replace quite a bit on tire brushes and uh, tire shine machines. It feels like I'm replacing a motor all the time. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Um, So if I'm replacing a motor once every two years, that's probably a reasonable expectation that that motor is probably going to fail in two years and I'm going to have to replace it. To me, I feel like I'm replacing them all the time because I got, you know, eight or nine of these motors sitting on different car, various car washes around. So I said, didn't we just replace that or are we replacing that quite a bit? I mean, that's, that's problematic because I don't, I don't have an answer to that. And usually I rely on the the manager to tell me, no, we haven't replaced that in a year. We haven't replaced that motor in two years, never replaced that motor. So I'm having to rely on their memory. If I had a really good system, they can keep track of that type of stuff. I think it'd be really helpful to go back and say, when was the last time we did that? And then I would say is two years, for example, a reasonable timeframe between a failure, a, a motor failure when you have to replace yeah. it. All right, so-, so if I decided that, then that that's my expectation. But if I'm replacing them every few months, Then again, the, the maintenance person or the site manager would be very willing to just put a new motor on and declare victory and move on. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they fixed the problem, but, but it could be that the wiring going from the motor to the, to the motor control unit is not correct. Maybe we've crossed wires. Maybe the wiring is, is wearing out and we've got to replace it. And uh, those are the things we've got to think about, you know, and again, they might not think about that. They think, okay, I got a motor's not working. I got to replace the motor. I've replaced the motor.
0: I've done everything I need to. Yeah. And that, and again, that, that's such a key point. And I've, I've had this challenge with people I've worked with and people who have worked with me and for me is it's very easy and quick to say, well, let, let's just replace it and buy a new one. Not only can that be wasteful because maybe the thing can be fixed, but it also, I think, undermines this thinking process of identifying what's really the source, if there is one perhaps, that's really causing this, especially if it happens on a regular basis. So that thinking, I think we, we have to challenge our managers to ask those questions, to think through that, and not just automatically say, well, we'll just replace it and move on to the next thing that's broken. Right. Right. Um, but what you touched on, of course, was systems. And that brings to mind, we have to mention, of course, that we, we're implementing the car wash operating system, which is a task and maintenance management solution that we developed to solve that very point that you just made about not having visibility. But systems can be paper-based. I'll give you an example of when I used to own uh, a couple of suite salons. These were large locations, commercial in, in a strip shopping center, two different locations. Each of them had four air conditioning units. And I kept seeing these invoices for uh, air conditioning repair. And I kept asking, well, didn't we just repair that unit last month or six months ago? We didn't really know. So what we created, the system we created was very simple. It was just a log. We identified each unit with a unique number, right? Simple enough. They already were numbered, actually. And we'd logged in every time that we had a service call. We logged in the date and a summary of it. So that I at least wasn't losing my mind thinking, wait a second, we just replaced that compressor or we just had that uh, fixed or flushed or cleaned or whatever it is that they're saying is wrong. And it gave us a tremendous amount of control over that spend, which was a big chunk of spend for us from a maintenance perspective. Right, And so that was a simple system and a good example of how you can start to have visibility to your point, because that's often what leads us to say, all right, so- a, how much more money am I spending on this unit? Maybe I need to replace it or completely upgrade or overhaul it. B, am you know am I am I solving the real problem here or am I just throwing money at fixing things every time they come up?
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's a great example: air conditioning units, uh, where you can be constantly fixing those and not realizing what's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, in our yogurt shop, it's our refrigeration equipment, right? That seems like there's always one malfunctioning from from one week to the next. Yeah, exactly.
1: And and sometimes the easiest thing for people to do, like you brought up, is, oh, let's just buy a new one. Let's just replace yep. it and go, well, maybe, maybe not. There's a lot of things you want to consider before you buy a brand new one. I, I get people that want to buy brand new water pumps. I'm um, saying, well, we can fix these, you know. Why don't we think about fixing these before we start in on that? But, you know, the difference between a $180 seal kit and a $2,500 pump is significant. Mm-hmm. And if you're just you're yep. throwing money at the problem... Then yeah, you you might might solve it, but maybe you're spending more money than you need to.
0: All right, let's apply this and talk about this from uh, from the people perspective.
1: So a lot of times when you think about people being in the right position, sometimes you know if you're fixing a problem and you're constantly trying to get somebody to do something that they're not doing, then you sort of have to ask yourself: Is it something they're unwilling to do, or something they're unable to do? And if it's something they're unable to do, it's certainly something you can you can address and try to fix uh, or try to solve the problem through training, through coaching, to get them to perform at whatever level you're asking them to perform at or do whatever task or duties you're asking them to do. Um, So those things can be addressed, but if it's, you know, if you're, you have somebody that's fundamentally not in the right position. So if you've got people that are frontline Managers that might not be good with employees or might not be good with customers, for example, that's something that you can't necessarily fix, and you might have to solve that problem by moving that person to another position where they might not be interfacing with customers all the time because it's not their not their aptitude, it's not their personality. Uh, and it's no no matter how much training or coaching or mentoring or threatening you do, uh, they're not going to, they're not going to change change their their basic personality. So that's a, that's an example from, from a people perspective. I'm always asking my managers, is this something that can be fixed, or is this something that we need to figure out how to solve? And solving, you know, could take a dramatically different approach than, you know, the typical coaching, mentoring, training process.
0: Yeah. What I would add to that as well, David, that you and I talk about often is solving it is also looking at our system, our process. So for example, we have someone who ends up not being good with customer service. Part of solving the problem is beyond just that one person, but what could we have done differently in the hiring process to have identified that in this person so that the next time we hopefully begin to avoid that. So that's part of solving it. Solving it is also if I've got someone who's having let's continue with the customer service example, they're not executing like we want them to. I solving it is also looking at our training process, so it's it's looking at did, how can we improve how we got that person up to speed, how we trained them, how we coach them, and what can we fix there that might be the real source of the problem or at least part of the problem. Yeah, you and I are big about
1: going back and saying
0: what did we do, how did
1: we contribute to this problem what do we need to do on our end to fix the problem? Well, you know, we, we, I believe we try to take responsibility for our, our end of it uh, more so than probably most people do, but.
0: Yeah. And because again, when it comes to people the the quick fix, although sometimes this is what you have to do, the quick fix is to say, well, that person doesn't fit. They have to go. And sometimes you do have to do that, right? There is, we'll talk about that about the need to hire slowly and, and fire quickly, but that is also a cop out on our part. To your point, if you don't stop and say, "Well, what are our, what is our system doing? What is our process doing to put that person in the best position to succeed? What are we doing, or what can we do better to make sure that we don't have that problem again?"
1: Yeah, you, you and I, when we hire somebody that might not work out for whatever reason, we always go back and say, "Okay, what, what indicators could we have seen?" that might've told us that this person wasn't going to be a good fit for this position.
0: Yeah. And we ask that question of our managers too, so that they're learning as well, how to get better at hiring, how to get better at training. We often will look and say, well, maybe we need a different approach to how we're training on this particular aspect. And we've, we've implemented and changed our systems that very way by looking at, okay, we had this problem. What's not in place. It could be as simple as, for example, when we, Uh, Early on in our retail business, when we had a scam played on us from a change perspective, what did we do? I mean, we could have blamed everybody and, and, and fired people. But instead, one of the things we primarily did is we put a procedure and training in place to help people avoid that scam. Right, right, right. So we could have fixed the problem by saying, oh, nobody, nobody touches the register, but the manager, or nobody handles hundred dollar bills by the manager. And that might be part of the solution, but really that's just fixing the the symptom or the problem instead of putting in place a process or a procedure that hopefully solves it. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a great example of that. So, you know, my encouragement is, you know, obviously as an owner, you're going to be thinking about these things more often because if there's there's financial implications. If you're a manager, it, it's very helpful and you would increase your value quite a bit if you start thinking about are we fixing things or are we solving the problem? If you came to your manager or came to your owner and said, I think we ought to do this because I think this solves the problem instead of fixing it all the time, I think that's a good, you know, that's a great skill to have. Then if you're, you know, if you're working at the car wash, I think it's really important for you to think about this as well, although it's harder to do it, but I think you would really increase your value quite a bit to your team if you're thinking about how do we solve problems so we don't have a,
0: that issue again. All right. Great stuff. Fixing versus solving something like you said that we must be thinking about constantly as owners, but we need to be instilling and teaching our managers, and the rest of our staff to think that way as well. Anything else on that before we wrap up? No, it's good. Good. Great. Wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode. This is Henry Lopez, and that was David Begin. We look forward to having you join us on the next episode of our show. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on the How of Car Washing.